Hey, it's Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Thank you for listening to A Certain Degree. This is an episode that aired on WPRK on August 24th. 2020. It's another best of with Rachel Simmons, Kevin and Maria Ruiz, Chelsea Highland, and Debbie Getz. This is part of the summer programming series. We don't have new episodes going on right now, but I'm hoping to get some new ones soon. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, please reach out via social media. You could find me at Nick Jurgadu, but I'm not going to spell that. So just look for to a certain degree. Thank you. Hello, you're listening to A Certain Degree. I'm your host, Nick Jorgudio. This is a special episode from our summer programming series on WPRK 91.5 FM. Can this episode be called a best of? Yes, I answered that very quickly, because it includes some of the best people in Orlando. The guests for this episode, in order of appearance, are Debbie Getz, Kevin and Maria Ruiz, Chelsea Highland, and Rachel Simmons. Let's start with Debbie Getz. She bought the College Park Community Paper back in 2010, and it has since evolved into the Orlando Community Paper, expanding its coverage, but not its mission of sharing the positive news of our city. I got to work for the paper, interviewing some neat people around Orlando, just like I do for this podcast, and it was great to put Debbie in the spotlight as well. You and I have sat down to, to meals, We've mm-hmm. eaten together, we've had coffee together, we've spoken, but I want to get to know you still a little bit better. So everyone okay. who comes on the show, we play a game, we play 20 questions, but instead of saying yes or no or up or down, we're going to play a game today called Indiana Jones or the Temple of Doom. Oh my gosh, I didn't watch those movies. So you That's fine. Okay. Indiana Jones, you say that if you're for something. Okay. So you like something, it's Harrison Ford. He's so cute. He's very cute, even now. Yeah. Even still. Yes, he's he's, well. he's Han Solo and Indiana Jones in all of our hearts. Uh, the Temple of Doom is probably not a great place to hang out. All right, gotcha. Because it's got Doom in the title. Um, nothing wrong with Temple, I guess, but it's the Temple of Doom. So if you're so if I say something and you like it, Indiana Jones. Okay. If you hate it. No. Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. Yes. Yeah, I was okay. waiting. I, that was I'm a sorry. prompt. Oh, it's no, early. No, I'm fine. still waking up. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so it is uh, fall, almost. Orange County has started school already. What did you? How did you feel about going back to school in the fall? Oh my gosh! When you I were a kid? loved it. So I Indiana, loved Indiana f- Jones. I'm sorry, Indiana Jones. <laughs> 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 I started having all these visions of my brand new notebook and my pencils and my new outfit for the first day. So did you enjoy summer break? I did, but my we didn't do a whole lot okay. in my family. And I loved being in school and just being around all my friends. So yeah. I was always super excited for the first day of school. I know it sounds weird, but no, no I loved that's it. Fine. That's great. Uh, okay. But How, when my kids were little, I loved summer break. Oh, for so them. you were the opposite. Yeah. Okay. So we had, yeah, we had lots of fun. So you guys did a lot of things. Yeah. And vacations then, and beach and when you when they were back in school you're like uh now i'm back to the routine no then then i was ready yeah yeah you were relieved that they were back in school yeah okay that makes sense all right what about driverless cars indiana jones or the temple of doom temple of doom for sure how come for me personally so i don't mind them being on the Uh, road debbie i'm just asking about your opinion scared to death 
to be in one. I don't want you to be representing anybody else but yourself. Okay. So just for you, Temple, Temple of, of Doom, Doom on driverless cars. Yes. This that feeling of not, I don't know, not being in control. So in the car. In the car. You don't, but you like, could take it back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. You'd be sitting in the driver's seat, from what I understand. Okay. And you could always take it back. So maybe it's on the highway that you're, you know, a long stretch of highway. You could just click the button or yeah, I just say I something. I don't know that I would trust it. I, I don't know that I could relax, you know, to read a book or whatever people do. What would you do? Okay, if you felt comfortable enough, what would you do in the car? Read a book. Read a book. Yeah. Because that's what you don't get enough time to do. Yes, I yeah. love reading. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, you run two newspapers. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Okay. So then do you also feel like the car might try to kill you at some point? It might Not rise up purpose. against you? Oh, okay. So it's an accident. It would be an accident. Okay. So for all your driverless cars listening, <laughs> Debbie doesn't have any issues with you. No, it's not their fault. Okay. If great. they mess up. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, how do you feel, Indiana Jones or the Temple of Doom, about the beach? Oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah? You're a yeah, big fan? I am. Did you grow up here? I did. I grew up in Orlando going to the beach. My parents were from Michigan, so back then when we went to the beach, we always went to Daytona. But, um, oh, I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> uh, I grew up there, so I can say that. With those um, screen, remember the shirts you would get with the airbrush? Oh, for yeah, sure. On That's, the boardwalk? When my family moved to Daytona, um, the Greek community there, you would typically either go into retail, and that was gift shops, or into restaurants, and we did the gift shops. So, oh, so you did uh, the screen I, printing. Even now, when I go on vacation, I'm always expecting sort of the worst experience from the tourist traps. Yeah. So I don't buy anything. I never go into a gift shop the whole nine yards. And then I'm always really? kind of pleasantly surprised. That's so interesting. Yeah. It affected you that deeply. Oh, 100%. <laughs> One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, but now New Smyrna. That's that's yeah. New Smyrna is great. We love going there. In fact, Steve and I, my boyfriend Steve, um, I we moved in together last year, and so I sold my house, and um, we just bought a little condo over there. So we're fixing that up and have our little getaway spot. So nice. We're excited. Yeah. So I can fun. borrow that whenever I want. Absolutely. Wonderful. Anytime. Wonderful. <laughs> I, I may I say that on the air to make you seem nicer than you are since you would normally say no to me. I would not. Cursive, Indiana Jones or the Temple of Doom. So you like to read? Yes. You like to write? Yes, in cursive. Do you like to write in cursive? Yes. In, so Indiana Jones, I, it makes me so sad that kids today, like, you know, in their 20s, they don't know how to write a thank you note. I get thank you notes from interns a lot, you know, after the end of their semester and they're so sweet but they're, they look like they're written by a second grader. It's so funny to me. <laughs> or signing their name, you know. Like, yeah, it's a shame. Well, and that's one of the reasons I bought a typewriter was because my handwriting is so bad in cursive or otherwise. Yeah, well, you're a guy. I that never sat down be, and practiced it. Yeah. yeah. Um, or really cared that much. <laughs> oh, I either. loved it. I, the, the artistry of it. I just love that. So did you draw when you were a kid? Was that like a gateway drug yeah, into I did. You know, other we didn't things? Have, we didn't have, you know computers or mm -hmm. my dad was very strict about the tv watching so yeah i did a lot of drawing a lot of i would write stories and color draw pictures make things that's interesting so you had the opportunity to practice that a bit and well, so we learned still, it i mean it was a yeah yeah it was a class. well i mean i learned it in in school too yeah. but i hardly ever use it yeah now. i would practice writing my name yeah. you know to get the style down just right <laughs> 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. My signature is if you ever want to um, play me in a situation or just steal my identity, Mm -hmm. my signature is different every time. Perfect. It would be very easy to do that. I probably shouldn't say that on the radio. I find that with with, uh, guys' signatures. They're easy to forge. Okay, great. So all the girls out there listening. Interesting. (laughs) Or, you know, your boyfriend, Steve. Yeah. Uh, this so, is very easy. <laughs> uh, okay, last one for now. Cobbler, the dessert, <gasps> not the person who fixes your shoes. Indiana Jones or the Temple of Doom? Indiana Jones. Wow, you are like, you're drooling a oh little my bit. Gosh. Yeah. My favorite. Is it really? Hot with ice cream on top. Any particular type fruit? Oh, I guess my favorite would be blueberry cobbler. Mm. You know, with that crunchy stuff on top and yeah. the, the ice cream and then um, apple cobbler or hot apple pie. That would work too. Yeah, yeah. But cobbler but is cobbler is different. already yeah. very chaotic. So you're, mm. you're pie or cobbler then? Cobbler. Okay. So you're a chaotic person. I am. I okay. like mushing everything all together. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it at that for now. Thank you, Debbie, so much. Um, today, also just real quick. For fellow Canadian's birthday, uh, Matthew Perry turns 50 today. Aw, I yeah. love him. So uh, was that a big thing for you? It was like Friends yeah. and 90s. And yeah. yeah. What's the most 90s thing you ever did or you you remember about yourself? My hair. Yeah. You it had was some Jennifer really Aniston big. hair. It was really big. Yeah. It was big in the 80s, but it was big and longer. Oh, you know who my, my hair looked just like... Um, uh, Seinfeld. What's her name? Elaine. Oh, okay. That was my hair. That was your hair. Yep. I'm trying to imagine that. We'll have to <laughs> you know, find some pictures so we can put that up. Okay. Big hair, big heart. The Debbie Getz story. Hey, I'm Nick Jurgudu. You. You're hearing some clips from past episodes of To a Certain Degree, and that was Debbie Getz, the publisher of the Orlando Community Paper. Learn more about it and read the latest articles at yourcommunitypaper.com. You can probably read an article or two while listening to this episode, unless you're driving. If you're driving, point your car to the very nearly open, very amazing, first of many locations, Papalama. Have you heard of Papalama before? Owners Kevin and Maria Ruiz, who are also married, started their modern take on Peruvian fare as a pop-up here in Orlando. That turned into a permanent location in the Curry Ford West neighborhood that is about to open. Here they are from back in June 2018, talking about how social media affects a pop-up or a restaurant. It was kind of an accidental path for them. And they also talk a little bit about expanding their brand into the world of fragrances. Actually, I talk about expanding their brand into the world of fragrances. So I went to Red Light, Red Light last Mm -hmm. week. You guys were sold out and understandably so because it's amazing food. Uh, If you've not been... Uh, you want to follow Papalama on Instagram and on Facebook and figure out where they're going to be next. But one thing that really struck me when I walked into Red Light, Red Light was the aroma, the smell, the scent, the fragrance mm-hmm. was remarkable. So how do we bottle that <laughs> for Papalama as well? Like not only the food, you got to have other products, right? Uh-huh, like you can have uh-huh. T-shirts, you're going to have stickers, you're going to yeah. have all that stuff. But the aroma, I want I want braised carne in my car. <laughs> I want the chicharron in my house. I want to smell like the Lomo Saltado. I want to, yeah. you know, like a cologne. So Papa Aroma 
is, oh. you know, uh, anything that we can put the, the smell of the food into, like we're going to do that. So I was thinking you could have a, a Papa Riano um, stuffed like a stress ball. Okay. But every time okay. you squeeze it, you get the smell. <laughs> you can have the little thing that hangs down from your uh, the rearview mirror um, instead of the little pine yeah. cone. Why, who wants to smell like pine cones? No. <laughs> I don't I mean, even like it. No, nobody. No one ever. Uh, you can smell like a little bit of the chicharron yeah. in the car. Why not? Um, you know, you have that aspect of it. Uh, and then cologne. Yeah. Uh, let's of face course. it. Of course. I'm going to smell way better <laughs> if I smell like a modern take on Peruvian fare. So, Papa Lama. I'm just I saying, like you get a like bunch out. I'm not saying... You know, I'm not going to pitch you food ideas. No, no, no. the worst idea, honestly. I actually really like That's it. That's very but... neat. Well, scented candles are big. Doesn't, like, Four Rivers have, I believe they sell in their in their line. Yeah, they do. They like do. a brisket's uh, scented candle or yeah. something. Maybe okay. barbecues. Yeah, oh. well, there you go. So Damn. you already have proof of concept. Yep, it works. Uh, maybe expand your brand. You guys are significantly younger than me. Uh, I'm 106 years old, as you can tell from talking I knew it. to me. Yep. I knew it. Just looking at me and you go, yep, that is what 160 year old looks like. <laughs> but one thing that you have to do when you're starting up your side project, and I hate, at this point, I don't like the term side hustle anymore yeah. okay. because I feel like it's, it's, a, it's not just to make some money. It's a creative outlet for yeah. you. It's a passion project. It's all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but to do it right in this day and age, you have to be a pretty decent social media user. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go out and put stuff up consistently. You have to be on at least two channels, which you guys are for the mm-hmm. most part. I tried to do three and it was like, well, what am I doing on Twitter? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I stopped doing that altogether and I feel much better about myself now <laughs> um, just because I have that extra 15 minutes a day where I'm not struggling to think of 280 characters that might get shared. Um, mm-hmm. but it, was that tough, like, coming into it? Did you consider that in terms of when you were looking at this pop-up? Like, okay, we really need to have a strategy for social media? Or was it just, did it happen kind of organically as you started doing things? Um, it did not happen organically, no. <laughs> it definitely takes, um, you know, we're, we while we are younger, we're not necessarily people who collectively have, like, I have probably, like, a hundred and. 50 friends on Facebook. Like I don't really have a huge social media presence personally speaking. Um, And so coming into this, it was definitely a learning experience of understanding, you know, understanding the channel, understanding what type of content you should be curating for it. And then ultimately, you know, what works and what doesn't. And um, that, it it takes like homework, you know, unless you're naturally a pro at it, which, which, I mean, that's great. Some people are. Um, I'm not. So it took a lot of effort to try to get to the point where we're at. And we're still learning, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, I think but, even the pros are still yeah, trying to figure it out. Yeah, especially when the out. channel itself keeps changing its algorithm. Like, <laughs> Instagram, if you're listening, come on. <laughs> you you're know, killing us. You're, you're killing, killing us. <laughs> killing us. Yeah. And I, also, I think it's, it's tough, those sponsored posts. We're learning a lot yeah. about that. And I think people in general are really learning a, a lot about that because Facebook can show you the analytics of, you know, whatever data they use and what measurements they use to quantify the success of, of your post. 
But it's still, you know, we're not sure, hey, for every dollar we spend, what actual impact are we getting? So that's, that's I think, a crucial thing that we're still learning, right? And, yeah. and, and hopefully we'll, we'll know more about. I think also there's a very personal aspect to it because, like you mentioned, it's not a side hustle. It's really, truly um, a representation of you Mm -hmm. and, you know, something that you put your heart and soul into. So it is very difficult to not take that sort of thing personally when you see something that, you know, got 50 likes or whatever, you know, and then you see, you know, your neighbor is getting like 3,000. It's tough, you know, because um, it's difficult to not take a step back and, um, and not take it personally. Uh, and you, we, we really shouldn't, you know, like if, if I have any advice for somebody who is starting a business or trying to grow their business on social, it's, you know, don't give up. If you keep posting and you keep uh, being consistent, like you said, um, you know, that sort of thing, really, um, the algorithm will like you more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will surface more on other people's feeds. Um, and people want to hear from you, you know? I mean, and, and that's the important thing is, like, um, if I can say anything is don't make everything a sales message, you know? It's, that's a big part. Of it. Yeah, like, you know, if I was a T-shirt company, yes, it'd be great to know, like, when, as a consumer, when their sales are, are going on or when there's a new product. But I also am following you for a reason. It's because I either believe in your brand or I feel like you're part of my lifestyle. And so, otherwise, I would just go to your store whenever I need to, mm-hmm. you know? So... Um, I think that that's really important um, for especially smaller brands to think about because there's just so much else to think about when you're doing a business that social sometimes is an afterthought, but it, you really can't literally afford to do that. You know, you so, have to do yeah. something with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is interesting too is you. Uh, we heard all these things about um, uh, a few months ago about the people who were on Twitter who were buying followers and how. You know, that's looked on very like you're not credible at that point. Right. right? Whether mm-hmm. you're a writer or mm-hmm. some sort of celebrity. Um, and that's really not an option for somebody who's doing a small business on the side, especially right. a passion project is yeah. to to go yeah. out and buy followers. Um, yeah. So I think, though, there are some things that you can do, though, that aren't shady. You can ask friends and family mm-hmm. to like, hey, can you just comment on some of my posts? So sure. yeah. the algorithm will pick it up more. Yeah. Um, and encourage them to do that sort of thing. Obviously, whenever you're talking to people, you're mm-hmm. telling them about the Instagram or you're giving out cards or you're, yeah. you're doing something. Um, and maybe that's another thing is a uh, chicharron with the Instagram on there, it somehow. Yeah, I, I like, like it. It's a, you know, the <laughs> at symbol pork belly. Yeah. Um, that's a really good idea, too. I wish I'd come up with that earlier, the bad business ideas. <laughs> that was Maria and Kevin Ruiz from a June 2018 interview on WPRK. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick Jurgidiu. Since that interview, they found their location for Papalama, did all the renovations, and then the pandemic hit. That is not stopping the Ruizes though, and I honestly don't know if anything could. They have pivoted to online pre-orders for curbside pickup. To get in on that, you need to be an email subscriber, which you can sign up for at papalamaorl.com. That's P-A-P-A, L-L-A-M-A-O-R-L.com. Once you're signed up, they will send you an email when there's availability. A note from Maria and Kevin, it's an odd time to be opening in the midst of coronavirus and the inability to help customers in person. We landed on this process because it helps keep online booking really easy and smooth for customers and curbside pickups keep everyone safe COVID-wise. 
not to mention our focus on eco-friendly packaging and dishes that perform well for takeout, make sure people are still having a good experience with the least impact possible on Pachamama, Mother Earth. You're listening to WPRK 91.5 FM. Where is college radio? Is it in our hearts? No, of course not. It's radio. It's mostly invisible waves that are passing through all parts of your body at the same time. To a certain degree, therefore, is inside you every Monday from 7 to 9 a.m. on your FM dial at 91.5 or streaming at WPRK.org. Chelsea Highland is the marketing and box office manager for the Annie Russell Theater at Rollins College. She is a gifted improv performer. Here she is from April 2017, applying her book learning in the MBA program, her improv, 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 improv training, and everything else, all her other skills, to the real world of two bad business ideas. One is performing related. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is footwear related. So okay, I don't two know. of my favorite things: okay. feet and feet. performance. Great. That's perfect. So that works out really well. It sounds weird when you say it also. So no. maybe you shouldn't say those things okay. out loud anymore. So we'll go ahead and get started. But once you pick one and you help me sort of develop it, uh, you're just going to run this business because mm-hmm. I feel like you don't have enough to going on. I'm looking for a hobby. Yeah, that'd be great. This yeah. is uh, more important than a hobby. I really don't want you I'm to consider so it. I'm so sorry for yeah. what I said. Okay. Chelsea, may I call you Chelsea? Please. Thank you. I don't know a lot about the ins and outs of being a performer, a semi-professional or professional actor. Is a performer or actor? What term is appropriate? Oh, I think it. I think performer is the larger, you know, category, and then actor falls in there. Okay. You could be like a singer, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's go with actors okay. for right now. Okay. The actors I've known lead sort of a double life for the most mm, part. The classic yes. image is working as a server, right? Sure. Uh, while auditioning and performing, but you could do anything. Yeah. Right? You work in a theater. Yeah. Okay, so you, you know, stereotype, but uh, you know, there's other things. I've I've seen people do uh, work at ad agencies, banking. Uh, basically, you have actors that are have infiltrated us at every level. That's right. Which is a conspiracy theory that we're not going to talk about. We're going to put that on the table and, and just talk about that later. Okay. So you're an actor. You need a job, mm-hmm. and you have a resume, maybe with some holes in it because of. Maybe you were performing. Maybe you went up to NYC to audition and things like that. Okay. You need to pad your resume a bit. Right. Make it look like you got up and went to work. Right. Like everyone else. That's where we come in. Yes. So fill the gap is the name of this new venture. Oh, okay. Yep. It's here to help with, you know, literally filling the gap. We set up a number of shell corporations that we can use to help actors and even performers with their career crevasses. Ooh. Crevices? Is it? Uh, the first, keep it crevasses. the first way you Career said it. crevasses. Yes. We can help with your career crevasses. Nice. I feel like I shouldn't say that anymore. Let me ask you this. Is this legal? Mm, I'm not an expert. Right. Exactly. On the law or perfect, the order. Perfect answer. Ethically, it's a gray area, which is where bad business ideas reside. Right. So how do we make it a little more ethical? Okay. By doubling down on the fraud. Yes, Which of I course. Don't like that term, but that's no, don't. What we're yeah, doing. try not to use the word fraud. Yeah, but yeah. we're yeah, but again, we're not familiar Deception. with the rules. That, okay, along yeah, uh, along with lying about the companies that you've worked for, why not lie and make up some job titles and Within responsibilities? Them. Yeah, and make your resume a little more interesting. Yes, because that way you make yourself a little more marketable and 
it's also maybe embarrassing for the people who are looking to hire you to look up some of these job titles. Yes. Because they're not going to want to. So I made up some job titles. Oh, good. I want to go over these with you. See what you think. Okay. Retail harbinger. Yes. So somebody who kind of, I don't know, maybe knows what's going on in retail or knows the future of retail. Okay. A flavor curator. Oh, fun. Not sure what that means. In-house color technician enthusiast. Oh, see, you could have stopped a technician, but I'm glad you added enthusiast. I think, you know, at some point there's going to be some titles where you want to keep adding. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. yeah. great. Uh, digital haberdasher. Oh, fun. So I like the old timey term sometimes yeah. to bring that in. They're a hoot. Sound design ambassador. Ooh. No idea what that is. But you can add ambassador to almost. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's so one that we be... should keep. keep. And then uh, beard sommelier. Oh, yeah. Wow. So again, we provide the dates, the phone confirmation, the letters of recommendation. We do all this. Yeah. And you can pad your resume. So that's fill the gap. Great idea. Fill Nick. in the gaps. I can't imagine I'll like the next one more, but we'll see. Okay. We will see. Shoes. Okay. That's only half an idea, right? Yeah. Because those have been done. Yeah. The other half, celebrities. Okay. Also been done, but. Right. We already have celebrity shoe endorsements. Uh-huh. We already have famous people and athletes designing shoes. Yeah. In some rare cases, you can buy shoes that have been worn by celebrities, maybe for a charity or something like that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. But we don't have all three. All as three. As far as I know. So you have designed by uh, a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You have uh, worn by a celebrity. Okay. And you have endorsed by a celebrity. So Wow. Shoes that celebrities endorse, design, and wear that you can then purchase. Huh. Along with the purchase of your shoes, you get a little card with a picture of celebrity wearing the shoes and a story of what they did while they were in the shoes. <laughs> and maybe there's a sliding scale. So if somebody's just puttering around the house, you, you know, it's one cost. But if they went to Trader Joe's in yes. those shoes, it costs a little bit more. The only challenge would be, obviously, you're thinking it, I'm thinking it. Uh. The, the different the shoe sizes. Bo boring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The different shoe sizes. Yes. So, for example, some celebrities, you may not be able to get their shoe because they wear a certain size. Right. So, for example, what size of shoe do you wear, if you don't mind? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. So, you're somewhere between Melissa Joan Hart and Tina Fey. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever gotten a kinder compliment. Yeah. Yeah. You're somewhere right there. So we could say you could buy a Tina Fey shoe that she wore when she was doing an American Express commercial. That's and interesting. So, I yeah. like that. Yeah. So this is called, uh, I had a couple of ideas for the name, Walk a Mile, uh, Replete Feet, Ooh. or Shoe Shine, which I really like. I think Shoe Shine really works. I do too. But so, I also like Walk a Mile. Yeah. So yeah. you would, you would uh, hopefully find a celebrity that you like in your shoe size. So I didn't get seven and a half. But uh, yeah, so Melissa Joan Hart is a seven, Tina Fey is an eight. Great. Gwyneth Paltrow is a nine. You may not want Gwyneth Paltrow's shoes, though, because I don't know. She's nah. into some weird things as far as food and stuff goes. Uh, Elle McPherson. So we can go on the large side of the foot scale is Elle a 12. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's tall. She's, I think, a little bit taller than a me. A 12. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Tori Spelling is a six. Oh, so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't really know, understand women's shoe sizes. Six is, I mean, tiny. I think it's yeah. tiny. 
Uh, Gabrielle Union is a 10. Tyra Banks is an 11. So you have this variety. You really have a database there. Of I do the research on these things. Nobody else is doing this as far as I could tell from the two minutes I spent on Google. Right. But celebrity shoe sizes comes up like that for some reason. I don't know why. Right, because other people are considering it, but you, you've already put it out there. Now that you've put it on the radio, it's yours. Yeah, right? yeah. As far as the I know, idea. no one can steal this idea. So you know what I'm just thinking right now? What? There's something about Mary sort of shoe fetish. It okay. Lists. So that would be another market Definitely. for this as well because yeah. they they've been worn. As they say in my marketing class, the primary target market mm-hmm. will be shoe fetishists. Yes. Well, I was thinking people who would want shoes that are worn by Tina Fey. But, yeah, it could be. The prime market could be them. Yeah, maybe there are a couple markets. Down? Secondary. Secondary. Got That's it. That's what they would say. Okay, so shoe shine. Shoe shine. Fill in the gaps. Fill in the gaps. You have to decide. These Ooh. two wonderful meals are set before you. Okay. So many decisions to make this morning. I know. It's tough. Um, I'm going to have to go with fill in the gaps because I really enjoy the process of creating the bullets underneath the re- the job description. Oh, so you like that sort of. Yeah, I'm, just I'm great with, at that. Uh, so wore shoes worn by other people, for example. Yes. Yeah. I would have to rephrase it to be like um, uh, adorned my feet with. Repurposed. Repurp. Yeah. 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 I'd like, I like to it. think of the verb. Oh, I like it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I'll go with fill in the gap. I'll work for the company, fill in the gap. You'll run the company, fill in the gap. I'm going to run it? Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm silent partner. Okay. Super silent. And then if any litigation is brought against, it's so silent that I'm not involved at all. That sounds that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it was your great idea. It was my great idea. Okay. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm Nick Jurgoody. You. You're listening to a certain degree. Chelsea Highland is still working out the kinks of fill in the gaps. So feel free to reach out to her and ask when it will be available. You can do that wherever you find her on social media. Like many people in the theater world, Chelsea is working with the team at Annie Russell on how to safely welcome guests back to live performances. She's taken a break from performing and teaching at Sac Comedy Lab as well, but you can bet as soon as it's safe, she'll be back there. A pandemic update from Chelsea. The all-star of my quarantine is my son, Emerson. He's 10 months old and his interests include learning all the ways to sigh because we laugh every time, doing this crawl where he uses the knee of one leg and the foot of the other, and saying dada when I try to get him to say mama. I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. The name of the show, to a certain degree, is based on a website I happen to have registered, to a certain degree.com. I registered it because at the time I was working in higher education and thought I wanted to blog about it. Now, the blogging didn't happen, it's probably for the best, but the double entendre of the name, entendre? I don't know how to say that, uh, did result in asking nearly every guest about their plans coming out of high school. I still wanted to have that higher ed, college, or whatever experience you had coming out of high school. There is good advice in every answer, and after asking around 200 people this question, I can say with a lot of certainty that there is no one way, one path, to a successful career. Take Rachel Simmons, art professor and graduate of Rollins College, for example. When I got here, um, I think I did the high school art star thing, which I've seen a lot since I teach here. 
where I was like, yeah, I don't, I shouldn't really have to work too hard at this art thing. This should be pretty easy for me. And uh, I got a good wake up call from my professor who was from uh, Bosnia. And she was like, uh, no, we'll be having none of this high school art star stuff. <laughs> like he will actually go and work hard on things and try. And so I did after that. Um, but I had so many interests at Rollins yeah. and um, I got into the honors program, which I didn't even know existed until I got here. And then they invited me and that changed everything. I was so curious about the world. Um, and so the honors program was a way for me to learn about psychology and history and politics and um, sociology and, and art and philosophy and pull that all into the same discussion in the same class. So we had this really cool class about memory mm -hmm. um, and I still te teach or infuse memory into my classes to this day because I just think it's a really fascinating topic, like how memory shapes us, how it helps us um, figure out who we are or who we were uh, or who we might be in the future. Um, and so classes like that where we got to read um, all kinds of texts from people from a wide variety of fields like Oliver Sacks who studied, you know, people with um, disorders, disorders of the mind um, and, and memory disorders in particular. And then we would read, you know, um, literature um, and autobiography about memory. And so uh, just thinking about something from a number of disciplinary viewpoints has always been something I've really been interested in mm -hmm. and got to do at Rollins. And when I got to art school, I realized what a weird artist it had made me. <laughs> well, and that's where, I, so let's talk a little bit about that because I think there's always that sort of, well, you want an interdisciplinary background. You want to learn a lot yeah. of subjects. You want to do all that. And, and that'll influence you and make you a better person. Yeah. So let's talk about you specifically. Mm -hmm. How did that make you, or how did that affect your art? Mm -hmm. And how did that affect you as an artist? Well, I think um, one of the things um, was that it gave me the, the tools to go out and research something that I was interested in, whether or not it was something I knew about previously or not. Um, so when I was in graduate school. Um, at LSU. Yeah, at LSU. Yeah, I was, I was already able to sort of go out and research a topic and pull it into my work um, in a way that was pretty fluid for me. Um, and even though in graduate school, I focused much more on um, abstract work, uh, it wasn't doing the work that I'm doing now about the environment. Um, I still felt like I could bounce around um, and m not just within like the content or the, or, or the idea of the work, but also in making the work. Mm -hmm. In fact, my thesis advisor was like, why don't you just, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like scurry off to the sculpture studio and I'd be pouring aluminum sculptures and, and building boxes. And then I'd scurry off to the print shop and I'd be printing all these things. And, and my advisor was like, you know, you're in the painting and drawing department. Like maybe <laughs> you should make some paintings and drawings. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm being stifled. You know, I was just like not used to that because at Rollins, I could sort of bounce around and, sure. and feed my various interests and cobble things together and do all this mixed media stuff. So, um, so how did you handle that? How did you, what did I, you He was doing? such a great guy. And I was oh, like, okay. um, yeah, okay. Like I was so resistant to it. <laughs> like, uh, I don't like being told what to do in any way, shape or form. Uh, 
That's but good. That's good he, as a teacher. It's then. so, yeah. yeah, why I have the job <laughs> I have because I've been fired from other jobs. <laughs> just So anyway, I, 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 he was really coming at it from a place of trying to help me, you know, get through my master's program. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. Like, it's yeah. okay to concentrate on one thing for a while and try to be better at that thing. You know, you can always move on to another thing later. But, you know, like I'm a sort of... Um, Jane of all trades, master of none kind of person. Like mm-hmm. I'm always interested in learning something new. Um, well, and did the MFA, uh, um, I've always been curious about this from a master's perspective, mm-hmm. uh, even though it was in painting and drawing, mm-hmm. did it give you some of the tools you needed to do stuff in other uh, media or mediums? Well, it's interesting. The MFA has really shifted over the last 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. So traditionally it would be like drill drill down into this one particular medium right. and get really good at it. And and within, you know, your medium, maybe you really specialize in, you know, working with this, you know, maybe you just specialize in oil painting on this surface for whatever, three years. Um, but now MFA programs are much more interdisciplinary. Um, so in, and in fact, I was kind of an oddball artist when I started graduate school 20 years ago, but now... Every artist is really doing these we'll this interdisciplinary, yeah. multi-dis. You know, artists are like partnering with people outside of the arts, and we're making work about social issues. And we we might be making work uh, uh, that's not even like rooted in real objects. We might just be making work that's about discussing issues with people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a whole kind of wide open sense, a really exciting sense of being able to do whatever you want as an artist and call it your practice. Uh, which is so confusing for people who are trying to understand what artists do. But uh, I guess we like confusing people or we don't really care. I mean, that's, that's part of the it. Byproduct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, yeah. Well, let me ask you this then. What would you say if you had one, if somebody were to say, hey, what is your main mm. sort of uh, vehicle for yeah. your art? Is it printmaking? Because I know you're obviously, you teach in that and yeah. you've been doing that for quite a while. Yeah, I think um, when I came to teach here at Rollins, I was really uniquely prepared to do so because I'd been here. It was weird, but I was okay with like jumping in and teaching honors classes. And uh, one of the things that I started doing was taking advantage of being at a really small school and being able to collaborate with my colleagues. So I had this long project where... um, Tom Moore from physics and Tom Cook from philosophy and Dan Crozier from music, who's a composer. We all four did this project together for years where we were translating uh, sound into art back into sound and doing it all with mathematics and just really interesting things that I, I wouldn't be able to do at a big school mm-hmm. because everybody's so invested heavily in their own particular research and they wouldn't spend any time doing silly things like that. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I'm Nick Jorgudio. That was Rachel Simmons from a June 2017 interview. Consider following her work on comics and art and journals and travel, and generally be jealous of her talent and abilities on Instagram. Her handle is at bear with jetpack. That took me a long time to say. There's That's take 27. You can also see a lot of Peaches the Hedgehog there. What are you waiting for? because that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and you have a better idea of what some of the people of Orlando are all about. 
There are more great episodes of the show with guests from all walks of life, including, but not limited to, choreography, writing, acting, directing, storytelling, community building, space, technology, teaching, painting, pins, improv music, and several more things. To find these gems, visit to a certain degree.com. That's T-O-A certain degree.com. Thank you so much to my guests, Debbie Getz, Kevin and Maria Ruiz, Chelsea Highland, Rachel Simmons. I was Nick Jorgudiu. I may continue to be so. You are listening to WPRK 91.5 FM.